One. Welcome to Man Buns and Jesus, the uh, mostly weekly podcast where Josh and I talk about theology uh, and not theology. I don't know. Sometimes we get into interesting where we talk about whatever is interesting to us at that point in time. Yeah, that's it's and, pretty much yeah. Uh, my name is Pastor Ben Olschlager, and uh, according to Josh's description of me on our Zoom call, a scrub wild fan, um, I'm a pastor <laughs> here at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lake Orion, Michigan, and that's Josh. He's a, he's a scrub Predators fan. Uh, that's You mean I'm a Chad Predators fan, is what you mean uh, to say. No, no. I, I had to do that, you know, because the Preds recently <clears throat> scrub wrecked the wild. Um, yeah, so our, our topic at hand today is one that I'm not actually sure either of us is really uh, prepared to talk about. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, buckle up, everybody. We're going to talk about uh, the theology of, of manliness. Uh, and maybe that's not a great way to let's let's call it like what Christian masculinity looks like, maybe um, because theology just has like Beerman is flashing through my mind, his class on man, women, creation like that. When I think theology of manliness, that's the kind of stuff I think of. But um, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to go that direction. Um, so we're going to talk about kind of what it looks like to be a Christian man and how maybe how that is similar and how that is dissimilar to, I guess, traditional, traditional views of masculinity. Um, and what I think is, is maybe a growing trend of a different sort of masculinity, it, it maybe is a not helpful, but a way to describe it um so given all that ben what, what what's coming to mind for you um so i think the first and most immediate thing that's coming to mind here is that phone call you're getting yeah i should probably take this sorry okay well um i i would riff but i don't think you can hear me are you, and are just you like back? that they hung up yeah. Oh, gee darn. <laughs> you know, I would say we should be more professional with our podcast, but I kind of, uh, I kind of enjoy the, uh, I enjoy it. I, if you're a listener and you in, enjoy our, I guess our lack of professionalism, let us know. And if you wish we'd be more professional, you can also let us know, but no promises, absolutely no promises. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure that I, I wasn't missing somebody who I was expecting a call from, and I didn't recognize the number, so I'll check and see if they're leaving a message. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So I think what immediately comes to mind for me uh, when talking about manhood versus Christian manhood, um, I think of like, the the ideal of manhood as portrayed by like popular culture being 
for some reason, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, <laughs> just like the guy is a, an action hero, uh, kind of a softie, like has a heart for people. He's hilarious. Um, he's funny. Uh, he's cool. And he was in the Fast and Furious franchise. So, uh, like, that kind of ticks all the boxes right there. Plus, um, he's jacked out of his mind. Yeah, that, that doesn't <laughs> hurt. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, we both are big fans of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is what Ben's yeah, trying you, to say. If you couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He can also kind of sing, apparently, too, if Moana has taught me anything. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, so I think the, the like popular culture picture of uh, a man is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is different than it was 60, 70 years ago when the picture was the rough, gruff Bruce Wayne. Uh, or not Bruce Wayne. Uh, yeah no that's batman bruce wayne um yes batman is bruce wayne i have no idea what? where you're going with this so i can't um, help you john wayne john wayne that's what you're thinking okay yeah yeah that's different that's a different thing yeah so in that sense i think that the the image of a man has improved a little bit in that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a little bit more well-rounded as a human, at least from what we can see, than John Wayne was. Uh, John Wayne had very much a particular type of character that he portrayed both in his personal life and in his acting life. And that was uh, hard, rugged, pain in the butt of a human. Um, fair, but pain in the butt of a human. Um, so you just offended all of all of the cowboy fans in the world. Cowboy, not cowboys. Uh, different, different though, thing. Though we also, uh, on here at at Men, Buns and Jesus, um, strongly decry uh, fandom of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, as you, they are, do better. An insult you're, to football. <laughs> you're called to do better, guys. <laughs> um, <coughs> No, I think I think go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say that being off. said, I think the I think the, the picture of biblical manhood looks different than both of those. Uh, and and certainly looks different than the image of John Wayne. Um, but how we communicate that substantial difference, because there is a substantial difference yet between even you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson who it might be a perfect human being almost. Um, and the, the ideal Christian man, it, there's still a gap there. So communicating that is, is the tough part. Yeah. I, well, I think, I think you are, you're definitely right in that there's this trend to toward a masculinity that i think is more in line with what we're called what christian men are called to be and and b before we continue i just want to take a second if you're 
hopefully we haven't lost you already, but if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a dude, okay, I think this is still a worthwhile topic for, for you to listen to, for you to engage with. Um, if you are, if you're younger, if you're single and you're, and you're a young lady, this might be a good, a good conversation for you to listen into, to think about, you know, what is important when you're looking for someone to date or, or marry or whatever. Um, and if, if you're, uh, if you're older and you're married and you're in that life position, you know, it's not a, like you have a lot of impact on, on your spouse. And, and if you're listening to this, it might be worth listening to and, and saying, well, how can I support him in pursuit of this? So I, I, I just want to throw this out here. Like this, this podcast is not just useful for men. If you're, and if you're a man point blank, you know, this is worth listening to and seeing, you know, where, where you're called to be faithful as a man. Um, mm-hmm. So all of this to say there, there is this trend for a more holistic person, right? Where mm-hmm. it's, you're not just, you're not just kind of a, a hard person who's closed off, who doesn't really talk, who just gets stuff done. There, there's a push, I think, in society against what, I mean, that would, the label that would get put on that is toxic masculinity, right? Um, there's this push to men being a little bit more in touch with their emotions, uh, men learning to listen a little better, both of which are th- like, I'm, I think we were in some of the same counseling classes. Like that's a big thing uh, when at, at the seminary, when pastors are learning to step into a counseling role, as we are sometimes called to do, is uh, LCMS pastors are all men. That's, that's a requirement, right? Um, and men are, they need, we need extra help when it comes to learning to listen and learning uh, like, I, I don't know the statistics, but I know he t- our, our professor talked about the statistics in class. Like, if you quiz the average man on the number of emotion words they know, it's like 10% of what the average female knows as far as uh, emotion words the, the average woman knows. Um, so I think I think that's a good trend. And, and there is this whole list, like, you, you have emotions. You should communicate those emotions. You should listen to people. Um, I mean, going with Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock, John. I'm just going to call him the Rock. I'm not going to use his full name. Going with the Rock as an example, um, <laughs> there's humor, there's sensitivity, there there is all these things. But I think that it's important that we we recognize that can be taken too far, mm-hmm. right? Because if you know, I look into scripture and, 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 and the, the big example, and I'm kind of flipping this, the, the Ben, uh, I'm, I'm going to see if this is something that's made its way all the way around. What do you think is the number one passage that gets used at weddings that maybe shouldn't get used at weddings? Are you talking first Corinthians 13, right after Paul says, you really don't need to get married, but if you can't keep it in your pants, go ahead and get married. Are you, are you talking about that one? <laughs> that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he he uses marriage and as a illustration for the relationship between Christ and the church. Mm-hmm. 
and he's he's more focused on what's this relationship between Christ and his church. That's what Paul's draw. That's why it's not a great passage to use at weddings because that's not the point. Paul is not driving toward a marriage point. But I want to kind of take the point he's making and and reflect it. So what's the relationship between Christ and his church that we should that men should uh, be reflective of? Christ was self-sacrificial for his church. Christ stood up for his church. Christ took responsibility for his church. Okay. So I think the when this this in some places it becomes a crusade against toxic masculinity when it goes too far you reduce men to they're not willing to take responsibility uh they're not really willing to step into this role of protector of sacrificial um of sacrificial position right so the the example um my vicarage supervisor, he asked, this was the first question he asked when he was premarital counseling for anyone. He would point blank ask the, the man, he'd say, are you willing to die for her? Which is a tough question. And then, and then the flip question that he would then ask the, the wife or the fiance, um, was, are you willing to accept that? And I think that question is telling, right? Because we're, we're, we should be sensitive and in touch with our emotions and, and kind of holistic people, but not at the expense of our willingness to step into hard situations and make those sacrifices, whether it's for our, our wives or our significant others, whatever, or just generally speaking, we are called to sacrificially love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. we're called to two positions of sacrifice and if and that takes strength that takes being hard sometimes is making that sacrifice um but the second question the question that my supervisor would ask the the fiance but fiance applies to both doesn't it the the woman fiance uh, with an accent yeah the question he asked her, I think, is just as telling because um, as I think men have been willing to cede more and more responsibility, someone has to take that role. And I think a, a lot of women have gotten used to having to step in and take and take that ownership, take that responsibility. And sometimes it's hard to say, yeah, I'm willing to let this person sacrifice for me. Like that's a hard that's that's an equally hard thing to do, I think. Um so I think you're right. I think we're in, in the right direction, but we, there's a balance to be struck. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think, I think the, the thing that, or the place that my head goes in the, I think the place that makes this tricky is the distinction between like, a sacrificial manhood and like a, a just machismo you can't tread on me manhood right um 
because like there there's a line somewhere between i am putting myself on the line for for the, some the cause of justice the cause of justice right um whether it's my own that of my my spouse um that of my family uh etc versus uh i'm just standing up for i don't know the sake of not getting run over um or i think even less than that yeah standing up for the sake of you know posturing yeah yeah and sometimes it can be hard to to know where that line is so i think in I think within Christian circles, more often than not, we push too far into the like the manhood of posturing. Uh, I think I see that more as the the sin in the church, of like men need to be need to be real men, and if they're not real men, they're like, and by real men, I mean they need to be like they need to be John Wayne, and if they're not John Wayne or Bruce Wayne. To be honest, uh, I mean that'd be pretty. I'd I'd love to have Batman in my congregation. That'd be that'd be pretty, pretty sweet. Neat. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, like, but if they're not John Wayne, if they're not Bruce Wayne, they are uh, less than men, and I I don't think that's a fair picture for us to draw. And I think it's the world's sin that they push too far into the like. You're not allowed to stand up. You're yeah, not allowed to sacrifice. What I um, what that brings to mind to me is this issue of, and I maybe an underlying issue for what you're talking about is, are you secure in your masculinity? Right, and, and I'm going to use a personal example because that's what I have. I I am secure in my masculinity. I I have a lot of character flaws. Don't you worry. But insecurity about my masculinity is not one of them. Okay. So like, I don't, I don't drink beer. It's not a very manly thing for me to not drink beer, apparently. But I do, I do thoroughly enjoy Mike's hard lemonade. I love it. I love Mike's hard lemonade. <laughs> Almost all the flavors. The peach one is kind of gross, but most of the rest of them are really good. They're, they're fruity. They're colorful drinks. And people will give me, they're like, I can't believe you're drinking that. Like, that's so girly. I know I'm a man. I know I can handle my masculinity and this tastes good. So you can shut up. And, and there's this reality <laughs> that I, th if you are secure in your, like masculinity is not these surface level things, right? It, I, I, I don't think, and, and correct me if, if you think I'm off on this. I don't think masculinity is any of these kind of superficial. It's not what you eat. Like it's not eating steaks every day. It's, it's not what you drink. It's not really even how you dress or how you look. Um, I think Christian faithful masculinity comes from your character, a willingness to stand up for those issues of justice that you were talking about, a willingness to use, um, you see someone who just got in a car wreck and you stop what you're doing to go help them, right? Uh, a Christian masculinity is acting consistently 
with strength as a man of character, as a person of character. Um, and, and a big part of this is, is taking responsibility, not just for your own actions, but also for actions that you can have influence on, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's, it's not trying to pass the buck. It's stepping in and doing what you can to do what is right and to lead other people in that way. Mm-hmm. So when, when I think of masculinity, I don't like, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. <laughs> ben has a phone call. Uh, I'm in the weight room, probably. Same number, I'm going to call it. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to just talk about weightlifting. Um, so I, and, and at this point, Ben's uh, not listening to me as much because he's on the phone. But for you guys, you know, I'm in the weight room a fair bit. Uh which is is one of those superficial like this is a more traditional view of masculinity it's someone who's who lifts weights and 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 drinks protein shakes and stuff um but when i see someone who has clearly never been in the weight room before um who has what we weightlifters would call chicken legs that doesn't signal to me they're any less of a man like if you if you never are in the weight room like that doesn't not being in the weight room doesn't make you less of a man it, it's the character with which you hold yourself some of the men i respect most in the world are not traditional pictures of masculinity but they hold themselves to a high standard of character and action um, so when when we start to drive down like where's the difference between um kind of uh, the the culture the the american view of masculinity and a christian view of masculinity i think it's the christian view is much more focused on your attitude on your mind on your character and much less on how you dress how you look what you do what you eat what you drink that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i i agree with what you with where you're going there and i hope that what i picked up was what you were driving at through that whole point uh but i i, I just i made the, fun of the wild a little bit in the middle it's fine i figured i figured um i think that the, the the key piece of biblical manhood that gets left out in popular culture and the way that the world looks at manhood is sacrifice right especially thinking about the way that like it's not just first corinthians 13 but think about uh the way that that paul describes the relationship between jesus and the church in colossians too uh he uses the same bride of christ kind of imagery uh, or uh what's the other reference that i'm thinking of there's another one doesn't matter um it's pretty consistent. The guy is called to a Christ-like sacrificial love, which is one that is is driven to its knees, and one that is faithful to death. Um, and that kind of a sacrificial love doesn't always exhibit itself, like Josh was talking about, in the same way in every circumstance. Um, but it does what it can with what it has available to to love to serve to honor um 
And I think one of the things that we often fail at is as guys is recognizing, I don't even have the strength to do that half the time, right? I don't even have the strength to fully like get on my knees and sacrifice the way I'm supposed to. And so there's a level of sacrifice that we need to make either consciously or subconsciously to admit we're not strong enough, admit we're not powerful enough, admit that we're not sacrificial enough, that we're not humble enough, that we're not um, smart enough, um, and that sometimes our wives can be right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think a key that I want to pull out there is that humility, right? Because mm -hmm. that, that's a big part of, of any of this is you, uh, you approach it with an attitude of humility, um, which again, if we're looking to Christ as, as our example for masculinity, I mean, humility was a big thing. Um, and, and I want to. <laughs> I have two kind of divergent. The first is um, with the with you mentioned the wives thing. Okay, so this this is something I got some pet peeves in this area. Uh oh, that I'm gonna throw. So masculinity in marriage. Uh, most of everything we've talked about can be applied just to general masculinity because there's nothing wrong with being single. Um, there there's like that's phenomenal. Uh, but here's some things that I think are more specific to a marriage. And the first thing is <laughs> you are not like in constant competition and tension with your wife. Mm -hmm. And this, this is something, uh, the, 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 like the quintessential phrase for this is the, the idea, happy wife, happy life. And I hate that phrase so much because it, 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 it it portrays your wife as like some monster who needs to be appeased, <laughs> right? My wife and I are in a relationship. And when we have to deal with things, we deal with them as a team in a relationship. It's not like I'm doing things to appease her. We, we make decisions together. We work together. We talk through it. Like, it, it drives me nuts when people are like, oh, I got to appease my wife. I, so, which leads me into the other thing. And this is again, for a, a married relationship, like you are called to be sacrificial for her. That includes your ego and your pride. Mm -hmm. So don't blame stuff on your wife. If you can't go out to get drinks on, on whatever night, even if it is because your wife said, no, I need you home. You say, I can't go out tonight. And you either leave it at that or the reason you give is I have stuff I have to take care of at home. It, it, it bothers me when people say my wife won't let me out. First of all, because that kind of that seeds responsibility and that's undercutting what you're kind of called. But it's also it's throwing your wife under the bus, which is not cool. Um, and, and as to what you said for your wife being right, like in instances where you know she's giving you good advice or whatever that's an opportunity to build her up and another opportunity for your humility to sacrifice your pride as far as i'm concerned if you are a husband if you are in a married relation or even if you're in a dating relationship your responsibility when your wife is not around 
is to build her up and to protect her as far as like a reputation is concerned. So you're not blaming her for stuff. You're not throwing her under the bus. But if, if, you know, say she picked out a shirt that looks really good on you, I think it's entirely appropriate for you to say, yeah, my wife got me this shirt and I really like it. And I think it makes me look much slimmer than I actually am. You know, (laughs) man, I wish I had a magic shirt like that. (laughs) So that's, that's one place that your, your comments kind of drive me. But the other one I think is, your your talk about sacrifice and this is back to this applies to any man whether you're in a relationship or or not or maybe you never plan to be in a relationship like that's that is totally fine um that sacrificial thing that doesn't just apply to your wife that apply like that sacrifice i think is the height of masculinity and i think that can be as something as simple as you're sacrificing your time to help someone like, like I'm picturing, you know, I'm out in my uh, apartment complex walking around and someone needs help pushing their car into their garage because their battery died. Um, like sacrificing my time, you know, I'm going to be late to a thing or whatever so I can stop and I can say, I'll, I'll, let me help you put your push your car in or someone's struggling to get their groceries in for their car saying, hey, let me you don't say this, but you say you say I'm going to sacrifice my time. Hey, let me help you take your groceries in. Um, it means you know, being willing to stand at the bank door and hold the door open for everybody who's coming in, even though that means you're going to be back in line a bunch, right? It's it's living with a sacrificial attitude because your eye is always on, how can I be supportive of others? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a hallmark of Christian masculinity, is the willingness to be sacrificial, even to complete strangers, um, and being being a witness to Christ in that way. Yeah, I don't. My I don't think I really. I no, I, I don't think I have anything really to add or to subtract from either of those things. Um, I think one image that I kind of want to like maybe imprint on people's minds a little bit in the way that I think about the the kind of sacrificial relationships that men are supposed to keep. Um, circling back to that image of of Christ and our duty as men to emulate Christ. Um, We do that in our married relationships or our family relationships or our friendships. Um, I think John 15, or not, I don't think it's 15. Um, Greater love has no one than this, than that he laid down his life for his friend. Um, Blanking on on my reference at the moment, but, Jesus is is telling his disciples friendship is laying down your life for your friends. No, you're right. John 15. Oh, cool. John um, 15, 13. I should be a little more confident in that. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, but Jesus is saying you should lay down your life for your friends. You should lay down your lives, your lives for those that you care about. Um, and what's the extent to which you do that? Well, Jesus knew us perfectly intimately. He has knowledge of the whole of the universe. He knew exactly what was on our hearts, what was on our minds, everything that we absolutely needed, and he laid his life down for all of it. In a relationship with someone else, 
we're called to lay our down, lay down our lives as best as we possibly can in like in that image. Granted, we are not omniscient of our friendships, of our, our spousal relationships, of our uh family relationships, right? Uh, yeah, we're I mean, we're broken sinners. We acknowledge and, yeah, and admit yeah. that, right? So we're yeah. you're, we're not gonna be able to perfectly do any of this. True, but you're still called to give it your best effort. And I think this circles back to something you talked about earlier, where guys oftentimes have a hard time listening. Guys, one of the most sacrificial things that we can do is just shut up and listen. This is coming from two guys who like to talk a lot and are putting together a podcast and we're talking a lot. But like, seriously, one of the best things that we could just do is shut up and listen. Um, and if we learn something from that about how we can better lay down our lives for our friends, our family, our spouse, um, man, that's like, that is, that is going to do a lot for our ability to be true Christian. Yeah. And I think, um, this might actually be my takeaway for the week. Hopefully I'm not jumping the gun on it, but I think the, the question you posed at the beginning, what is this gap between our, our culture's view of masculinity between the rock as in Dwayne, the rock Johnson and the rock of Jesus as our example for Christian masculinity. Boom. Woo. I got it. Uh, How did I walk into the? <laughs> um, hey, man, when you when you do stuff like that, it's inevitable. Like, remember uh, one of our first podcasts, you uh, you compared um, the, the gospel to twenty dollars and said, don't don't put don't put your twenty dollars in a bag of poop. You know, don't wrap the yeah. gospel in a crappy person. Yeah. Yeah. Not when DC. you say stuff like that, it's got to come back to you. <laughs> um, so what's what's the difference between Dwayne the Rock and Jesus the Rock as examples for masculinity? And I think the 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 biggest part of that gap is the sacrificial aspect. So if you're going to walk away with one thing from this podcast on, you know, how how do I strive to a faithful, to a biblical, to a Christian masculinity? Or if, if you're looking for if you're looking for someone, what's this hallmark of Christian masculinity? Or if you're trying to inspire someone, what what are you encouraging for Christian masculinity? It is a willingness to sacrifice for the other, for your spouse, for your family, for your friends, and for total and complete strangers. I think my takeaway, uh, kind of similar, but um maybe a little bit more specific part of that sacrifice should be admitting to your limitations and striving to be better um better at sacrificing better at listening um better at apologizing um all things that men very historically struggle with so josh prayer thoughts for the week um, prayer thoughts for the week. I think um, I uh, what I want to kind of do is think. You know, these three different subgroups. We have. If you if you are a gentleman listening to this, I, I the prayer I would put on your heart is that um, 
that the spirit works so that you see these opportunities to live sacrificially and and works <laughs> that you actually follow through on them um if if you are a a woman who is single and and looking uh looking for a faithful boyfriend or or fiance or spouse or whatever the case may be um that that you would first of all that that god would bring those men into your life but also that um you would be able to live in such a way that you build him up in that sacrificial living and and support him in that um and if you're in a relationship uh that or even if you're not in a relationship and and you have no desire to be in a relationship that when you when you see men that you help them to be the these examples of christian masculinity so i i think the the overriding prayer is that the holy spirit would would help us to see and build up this sacrificial attitude um, toward the world. I think that's a good one. I, I think I would want add the one amendment uh, that if you are a man, uh, pray that God helps you find your personal call to manhood because no two people's manhood looks the same. Um, not everyone likes mike's hard lemonade not everyone likes beer um and in the same way god calls us each to use our various and unique gifts so see where god is calling you in your manhood um and don't be afraid if that looks nothing like what everyone else tells you it's supposed to be and if you're not 21 uh neither beer nor mike's hard lemonade is appropriate so unless you're over the age of 16 and with your parents in wisconsin yeah <laughs> With that, brothers and sisters, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs>